Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Exploring the Seasons of Life is a podcast for women with a big heart on a spiritual journey. I'm your host, Cindy McMillan. I help midlife women navigate the seasons of their life and stop waiting for permission to live the life they want. Each week, I interview coaches and spiritual explorers from all walks of life about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. Self-love, well-being, and mindset are at the heart of our conversations because once you change the inside, the outside will begin to change as well. Before I introduce my guest today, I wanted to let you know I'm planning a workshop on December 19th at 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern called Your Next Season Reimagined. We're going to talk about self-care, crossing the threshold into 2022, and what's next, because in the end, the choice is yours. I am so delighted to introduce my guest. Telma is a bilingual life coach. She works mostly with busy working parents on maximizing time so they can feel productive and energized versus defeated and tired. She specializes in time management, self-reflection, and accountability in order to help her clients prioritize self-care so they can unleash their full potential and show up as their best self. So Telma, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Cindy. I am really excited about having you on today, and I shared my intention with you before I hit the record button, and I just, my intention really for this episode is that we're going to inspire women to take care of themselves, you know, love themselves, and to stop putting off living their full and beautiful lives. So welcome, Well, I am so excited to share that intention with you, and thank you. I'm so excited for this conversation. I'm going to start off with what does exploring the seasons of life mean to you personally or in your business? Uh, To me, it means honoring my today, like my priorities shifting by the season in which I find myself personally or in business. Personally, right now, I am a mom of two toddlers, which means that my level of appreciation for a park is pretty high. (laughs) Well, before kids, you wouldn't really see me at the swings, right? And in my business, there is a starting season, there's a settling season, and there's a growing season. So honoring my today means I appreciate the season in which I'm currently living. I try to be fully immersed in it and present, so I don't miss out on anything by trying to chase the next great thing, the ne- like what's next. So honoring my today. Tell me, I love that. I this morning I, I was doing some reading and and I just love the idea because I realize that a lot of times I'm thinking about what's next versus being present. So I love that. That's how you see exploring the seasons of life. I know that I'm definitely a planner and time management is definitely one of the things that I concentrate on. But there's an art in between planning a future and dreaming for it and going for it versus missing out on your present because you're so busy chasing it. Yeah, absolutely. Can you talk a little bit about what your journey has been to becoming a coach? Well, it's a long journey, but (laughs) I started with (laughs) 
self-development classes uh, over 10 years ago, communication classes due to my accent. I was pretty self-conscious of it for a long time. At my corporate job, all the leadership classes available because I've been manage- I've been a manager. I had a team and I always had this sense of responsibility of not letting my own insecurities get to anybody else's or prevent me from really showing up as the best person that I could be in in whatever hat I was wearing at the time. Uh, But it really turned into life coaching after I became a mom. The moment I met my daughter, my first daughter, I met a whole new world that came with like a lot of years, new questions, new priorities, and and just with that blink of the eye, my priorities had changed completely. So with this shift of thoughts, I just ran towards parenting classes. And in most of them, they start saying, unpack your own back. It starts with you. And the moment that you take care of yourself, then you can better show up. And the whole concept, like at that moment in my life, it was so mind blowing. And so uh, so it sounded so simple. It was almost like frustrating. <laughs> And so I definitely like kept digging and I loved it. And I I just, this time I went back for self-development classes, but but I was looking specifically for tools that would allow me to get back to the place in which I could show up as my best self. I found myself learning these tools and really, really enjoying the process and finding a lot of joy in sharing them with others, uh, which is why I was just like, okay, this is, this is, bringing me so much life, uh, something that I had never really experienced in my corporate job. So I'm going to, I'm going to give this a, a go. And, and as I continue to work, to be a work in progress, as I continue to be present for my kids, as I continue to explore my own self, my healing, my growth and my development. I love the way a lot of coaches, well, most almost every coach that I know, it starts with something personal in their life, and then it just kind of grows from there. Yeah, I feel like there, uh, there's a, always like a tipping point in your life in which if you pay, are paying close attention, your mind and body are probably begging you for a change. Well, when you first met a kid, there's a, so many things changing that the only thing that you want is like a little bit of normalcy. So it was interesting timing. I think, Telma, a lot of times many women view self-care as a luxury rather than a priority. How do you define self-care? You know, I have to first admit that I was one of those women that I saw it as a luxury and I almost felt guilty by saying, I just, I I need, like, I, I feel like I need something, but I don't know what it is because I know everybody else needs me. So I define self-care as the realization, like as the moment that I realized that in order to show up as my best self, I need to start with me. I need, as I, I need to fill up my own cup in order to fill up others. And as women, we carry so many hats and we fill so many other people's cups that we often don't realize that we, we can pour out of an empty kettle. So it's my me time in which I only get to worry about myself and my needs for the moment in which I can really honor who I am in that present moment, like the moment that I need that. What what am I what is my body asking me for? What am I needing today? And honoring that is my own self-care. It changes for sometimes it's working out, sometimes it's just drinking a lot of water, sometimes it's a delicious coffee, sometimes it's just cuddles. You know, it kind of depends, but it's listening to myself and and knowing that it's not selfish because 
I want to give my best. I want to love right. And I love, I want to love hard. But in order to be able to do that, I need to be full of love. <laughs> I wish I would have heard that many, many years ago, because I will also say, you know, there was a time that I also thought that self-care was a luxury versus a priority. And I think that's something that we grow into. And like you said, it's it's that realization, you know, when we're hit with that realization that, hey, I need to take care of me to give to my family. Do you have a favorite self-care practice? Mm, I would definitely have to say that working out is part of my self-care and it's definitely fills me up of energy, wakes me up, it gets me going. I love to, I love good music, but honestly, sometimes it's the ability of listening to my body and honoring what it is. So sometimes it's a good run. Sometimes I just want to get immersed into a class where they tell me what to do. Sometimes I really just want to journal my feelings away. Sometimes I just get a lot of pleasure out of to do of doing a to-do list. <laughs> and like, sometimes I just honestly want to just watch a sad movie and cry and have like, the right to be able to just feel whatever I need to feel through a movie or cuddle. I love good hugs, like a good long hug. Not the one that you just say hi really quickly and barely in and out. No, like a good hug that I can just feel and stain. So those are definitely, I, I think that would have to be part of my favorite self-care. Oh, that's beautiful. Absolutely. And how do we make space for self-care? And I find myself, just as I said that, I was thinking about time, but then as I said that, I'm thinking, okay, space could also be our environment too. So what is that to you about making space for self-care? Space for self-care to me means, yeah, maybe creating the time, but also be aware that you are the one that controls exactly where you put yourself in, right? So sometimes, like I, like I said, self-care for me is just listening to a really good, fun song before going into a meeting that I know is going to take a lot of concentration. I'm like, I'm taking care of myself by listening to a good song for two minutes. And it just sets my mood and my body into the right mindset. It allows me to, to better show up. But that those two minutes, that space where I'm, I'm recognizing that I, that I need a little something before showing up into this presentation, that's what I consider making the space for self-care, being able to know that it's not only time, but it's also mostly on you to find it, to make it, to maximize it, and to be present to really enjoy it. It's, it's almost like taking responsibility for ourselves, Absolutely. So yes, I think that many times we think that self-care is a luxury because it's not given to us. Nobody walks up to us and say, oh, uh, Toma, it's time for your self-care. I'll see you in an hour and a half and don't worry about anything. I got it. Like that just doesn't happen. And it won't. <laughs> and setting, it's having that mindset really sets everybody for failure because you almost resent the person of like, but don't you know that I need to take a nap? Like, don't you know that like, and no, they don't know. And because sometimes we barely know what we need. So yes, it's most definitely taking the responsibility and knowing and owning proudly and without guilt that the only person that can better best take care of ourselves is ourselves. That right there is so important for people to understand. We have to give ourselves permission to take care of ourselves. 
Yeah. Ah, and, I love it. And that also follows with like an open conversation, right? Now that I recognize that I need this, that it's important to me, that it allows me to better show up, then I'm definitely going to be the person that pulls my husband, you know, hey, I really want to pr- try this. I have... I think that self-care is like so huge. So how about you cover me for an hour on the weekends? I cover you for an hour on the weekends or whatever it takes, two hours, whatever your time allows, whatever your toddlers allowed. Mine is an hour. <laughs> uh, so yeah, being mindful to see what works for everybody and the open communication to where the support system can start feeling like I need this and you need to give it to me. No. We need this as a household and we're all benefiting from it. And I need self-care, which means that you need self-care, which means that our kids need self-care. So everybody gets to benefit from it. Telma, you're making a fantastic point that it's not just we women who need self-care. No. It's, it's you know, it's men, it's, our, it's children. We all need self-care. And how do you tie self-care in with boundaries? Boundaries, the word boundaries has such a negative connotation to it. I don't get it. To me, boundaries are like a beautiful thing because it's allowing my, it's allowing, it's the right of saying yes to myself, which sometimes, because we all have the same 24 hours on the day, it might mean I have to say no to other things. But I'm not saying no to other things out of, I'm too good for it. I'm just, I don't it has nothing to do with the other person. That's why boundaries are never really personal towards the other person. They're saying yes to myself. It's saying yes to my priorities. It's saying yes to what matters to me. It is honoring my season of life. So right now, if a friend invited me to like go rock climbing, I love rock climbing. I would love to. But right now, my Saturdays are more into... I want to make breakfast for my kids. I want to cuddle them. Like the park and the weather is beautiful. So I just want to take them in, you know? So when I compare where am I going to feel the most fulfilled and alive in today is with my kids. And so therefore I had, you know, I have to pass on invitations that are no longer fitting my season of life right now. Sometimes you have, you can explain that. You can just say, you know, th- thank you so much for thinking of me. This is a, a great opportunity and I, I love the fact that you thought of me but I, I, I can't make it happen this time around or I already made plans or you know boundaries are not negative and they don't have to be sound rude or cutting anybody off they just have to explain that it's not right now. <laughs> I like the way that you're describing that boundaries are not anything negative it's just letting somebody else know what's right for you at that moment. And it doesn't have to be said, like you said, in in a mean way. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you don't always have to explain it. I almost feel like it depends on the relationship and the time and the setting in which the conversation is happening. I have friends that have no kids. So I have found myself saying like, oh, you know, my perfect Saturday really looks like me getting involved and down and dirty with my kids and playing soccer and just getting on the swings and all this fun because... I didn't realize how fast they really grow up. Uh, so if you want to join us, we'll be at the park. But right now, this is exactly how I like where I want to be. I want to talk about resilience and how important it is in all phases of our lives, you know, all seasons of our lives. How does that show up for you? Well, the way that I understand resilience is as a capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. 
which means that, yes, I think it's so very important in all the phases of our life and also in all of the areas of our life, not just at work, but at home and with friends and with our parents and partner and kids. So I feel, and I might be assuming completely wrong, but I feel like most of us know that resilience is required from our position at work. So when we show up, we know that it's unprofessional to like take a good uh, uh, to react. It's unprofessional to to hold a grudge. It's like we just don't do that because it's unprofessional. Like so, but but we don't realize that it's actually resilience, and we're letting it go because we have to move on to the next thing. We have to pro- progress and proceed. So I think it's just the ability to uh, that allows you to be more present. So you. You might have fallen and then you recover quickly so you can continue to be present instead of being stuck in something from the past or trying to prevent the future. Because when you keep thinking about something that got you down, something that you might have failed at, something that you're not necessarily good at, and if you dwell on that, then you're getting yourself stuck into this mindset and into this belief that just because you failed once, it might happen again or let's not try it because it might hurt. All these things, right? Versus just saying, oh my gosh, that was a bad try. Like I totally ate it or oh my God, that hurt. But then I'm going to get up, quit myself, maybe maybe dance a little bit before to pump myself up and try it again so I can continue to progress and proceed. So yeah, I think it's just, it's so important because it allows you to be more present and not running away from the past or chasing a future with fear. I think a lot of times we're so afraid of failing that we don't take those chances. And it's only when we fail that we are able to show our resilience and pick ourselves up and move forward. Honestly, yeah. And I, on, failing is such an odd word too. I don't know. Maybe it's because English is my second language. I have no idea. But failing is just trying something and learning from it, like, okay, so that didn't work. But now I know I can cross that one off and I can try something different. So it's a huge learning opportunity of knowing I have to switch a little bit. I have to take a little step to the side or I have to jump a little higher or I have to just slow down when I'm breathing. If you don't try it, you will never know. And that's that to me is such a shame of like not finding out or not learning or not getting better at something because you might have felt like I, I told myself for a long time, I'm not a runner. I'm short, don't have that much of a physical capacity or whatever. And I cannot really run more than two minutes without, (laughs) you know, and for the longest time that was, that was it. I'm not going to try a half marathon. I'm never going to try anything like that because why would I set myself for failure, right? And when the moment that I switched my mindset of saying, I was like, oh my gosh, I can train for this. I might not be good at, but I'm not really good at anything until I am until I practice it. I'm not naturally amazing at anything. I have to put myself in there, learn, take notes, take feedback, uh, ask for help, train, like be consistent. And that is where it has given me a lot of more confidence that really translates in all areas of my life. Because I know now that I'm, I don't have to be good at anything to become great at it. Oh my gosh, that was just like dropping a truth bomb right there. That is so good. (laughs) So good. 
Oh my goodness. But you're but it right. Comes with we... failing. It comes with failing a lot. <laughs> yeah, but we have to do it and try it and fail and get better. Oh, I love it. So what are one or two tips that you would give to someone working on building that resilience muscle? I think I would just say, put yourself out of your comfort zone often. I would say, try new things and be aware that it, it is new. You're not meant to be good at it yet because it's new and you're experimenting and you have no idea how much joy you can find on random things that you put yourself in, like trying, uh, until you try it, right? So definitely put yourself out of your comfort zone in all areas of your life. So at work, if you have never had like a ask for feedback before, I set yourself in the right mindset. Know that it's going to that, that it's going to be great, it's going to be medium, or you might have some things that you can reflect on, but everything is a learning process. So you have to go in with the mindset of like, I'm here to learn. I want to try something new because I want to learn if I like it, if I don't, then the worst thing that can happen is just like, never again, <laughs> never again. <laughs> and then um, be aware of what's taking your attention. So when you are trying something new, are you trying to just like be perfect? Are you trying to like, are you trying so hard that you're necessarily like missing the fun? Be present. It's okay to not be great at it. It's, but it's so fun to enjoy it and to just recognize how your body reacts to certain situations, how you react, how you feel, how you show up. And of course, never forget to take care of yourself because I know that pushing yourself out of your comfort zone is uncomfortable. But that 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 feeling of uncomfort is is the resilience like popping out and saying, we got this, it's right, we're, we're going to get better at it. Uh, so yeah, pushing yourself to work on your resilience is important, but you don't have, to, uh, you won't really make any lasting changes if you're not in the right space, mentally and physically. So you have to go in with the mindset of like, I'm here to learn, not to master it, not to show Anybody had to do it because it's your first time. Just learn. And enjoy the process. Yes. Yes. It's, I mean, I fail all the time. Like, laugh at yourself. It's not that serious. If it won't matter in five years, it's not worth your energy. It's not worth your frustration. Just say, I tried it. Probably need a lot more work on it. Or maybe this is not worth my energy. Or this, like, hurt my knees. Okay, then you tried it. I want to ask you, aside from family and friends, because we all love our family and we all love our friends, what are three things that you can't live without? I'm going to say water. (laughs) I love water and I drink a lot of water. Um, Sunsets. Mm. And a good book but with a Nutella in my pocket. Like... (laughs) I want a good book, but I want to have a Nutella just in case. (laughs) I'm sorry. I didn't hear that last one. What? A good book? Yeah. With Nutella in my pocket. You know how those little tiny, like a good chocolate or something sweet? (laughs) Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I I, I read that um, question somewhere and I liked it so much because you know we all have those things that just bring us so much joy and yes chocolate in a book would do it for me 
<laughs> yeah, a good book with a, but it has to be like sometimes it's just kind of like a comforting thing that I want to have the chocolate as I read or but um, and sunsets for sure. Tell me, where do you live? I live in Tempe, Arizona. Okay, I wasn't sure where you lived, and um, but that's a beautiful area of the country out there. We definitely have some killer sunsets. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is also one of my favorite questions. If you could turn back time and talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell her about the season of life you're in right now? If I could talk to my 18-year-old self and tell her about the season that I am in right now, mm-hmm. you're not longer on survival mode. Take a deep breath, enjoy the view, the journey, because you can go back in time and have compassion with yourself. Mm. That's so beautiful. Now, how can people find you? How can they work with you? What's the best way to people for people to get in contact with you? I can be easily found on my website, telmasanchez.com. It is a bilingual website because I am a bilingual life coach. <laughs> um, but if you want to see my every day, my, what I'm about, my kids, my, my presence, uh, Instagram is where I'm most engaged in, I guess you could say that. I, and that's Telma, my, my first name, S-M-V as in Victor. All right. And I will have all of that in the show notes. And I really do appreciate this, this conversation on self-care and resilience, because I think that is so important. Do you have any parting words for us? I would just say, take a moment with yourself and ask if you were 10 times braver and you had the time, what would you be doing? And that's a great step to for something that you should try in the future as a part of your routine and your self-care. Because you always have the answers. Sometimes we just forget to listen to ourselves. So I invite you to take a minute to reflect on what is important to you, what should be taking your time and your energy, and how is it that you want to show up. And I know that our time is basically up, but that's another topic, Telma, that, that is so important to me and in the way I think and the way I work with women is how do we show up? You know, how are we showing up in, in our partnerships? How are we showing up with our children and, and at work or just in life in general? Yeah. And I think that self-care is so tied up into allowing you to be intentional because once you have the time and the, and your cup is full, then you can really give yourself the opportunity to say, Okay, today, I, you kind of have to know what's going on in your agenda, but just today I want to have a hard conversation. So today I want to be kind. I want to be empathetic. I want to be a good listener. And setting that intention for your day in all areas of your life. So yeah, you can, your intention can, show, can change once you get home. Um, really allows you to to do that because then you told yourself that you put it in your brain then sometimes you can if you journal which is I'm a huge fan you can write it down then there's a little bit of self-accountability that happens and then you want to show up as that and it's just start creating this momentum of of even self-care and said love by knowing that you you can show up as as what you decide 
Mm. I appreciate, again, so much you being on the podcast. Thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me, Cindy. It was such a great conversation. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Leaving a rating and review helps to improve rankings in iTunes. It shows engagement, which may attract sponsors, and it is essential for the podcast to be discovered by new listeners. Plus, it would mean the world to me. Thanks again. Until next time, live inspired.